Today's reading is taken from 1 Corinthians, I've lost my place, uh, chapter 11, verses 17 to 34, the Lord's Supper. In the following directives, I have no praise for you, for your meetings do more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you, and to some extent, I believe it. No doubt there have have to be differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. When you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper you eat, for as you eat, each of you goes ahead without waiting for anyone else. One remains hungry, another gets drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you for this? Certainly not. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognising the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgement on himself. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we judged ourselves, we would not come under judgment. When we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined, so that we will not be condemned with the world. So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for each other. If anyone is hungry, he should eat at home, so that when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. And when I come, I will give further directions. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Christine. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and our, the access we have to it today, to freely open it and to reflect and to meditate on, on your word, that you would speak to us by your Holy Spirit. And we pray you'd open our hearts and our minds this morning to receive a uh, something fresh and, and for today uh, from you. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and to minister to us this morning as we worship and engage with your word and pray. Uh, we recognize, Holy Spirit, that you are the one um, who comes to speak to us. Not that we would receive human words. I pray you would take what I have and and do whatever you want with it, Holy Spirit, that we would hear you. And that by what you say to us, we would hear the loving heart of our Heavenly Father. And so may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to our Lord, our strength, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Alrighty. Uh, I'm wondering uh, if you'd put your hand up if you've participated in communion before. 
I'm guessing almost, almost everyone, if not everyone. Uh, we're actually not going to participate in communion today, despite the passage we've just read. But um, when we do participate in communion, or the Lord's Supper, or the Eucharist, as it's sometimes called, um, we uh, in, in this church family have an open table, is what we call it. And um, that just means that uh, everyone, uh, no matter age or background or whether you where you're at with God, you're, you're welcome, if you wish, to come and uh, receive the elements, the, the bread, the, the juice, um, as a recognition um, of these symbols of, uh, of, God's, uh, of Jesus' body broken for us and his blood poured out for us, um, that no one of us is more or less deserving of these things, no matter our understanding and where we're at. And so we have an open table. That's not always the case in all churches, and you know, different churches have their different reasons, um, um, theologically or tradition or whatever it may be. Um, but one reason for some churches that there's not a, um, an open, purely, really an open table is, um, is this passage that says, don't drink or eat or drink in an unworthy matter, manner, examine yourself first. And, um, and, and so we, the, um, we don't certainly want to come to the Lord's table um, uh, without first going well, God, I need to get my heart right with you first because I don't want to be abusing uh, what this represents. However, this, um, this passage that we just read, it's not just about communion as we know it, this sort of one um, uh, meal or ritual that we participate in, in our case as a church, once a month. Um, verses 23 to 32 in the passage, which talk about uh, the Lord's Supper, a communion meal, um, are often read in isolation. However, that's not the full story. It's not the full uh, uh, story of what's going on in Corinth and what Paul is responding to. Um, for those of you who are just joining or have only been with us relatively recently, uh, we've been working through a letter written by a guy named Paul to the church in Corinth, or the Corinthians. Um, Corinth is a city somewhere, it's called something else now, um, but this is 2,000 odd years ago, and he's writing to them, advising them on church life and, and following Jesus and whatnot. And uh, I thought today what we'd do is um, get a better idea of, of what was happening in the church in Corinth in relation to what is being spoken about in the passage today. So I need uh, six volunteers this morning. Um, so who would like to volunteer? Uh, you, there may be some reward to it. Uh, uh, so, okay, Clayton, uh, uh, yeah, whoever, whoever wants, just come up. Yeah, six volunteers. Now, you can choose which table you would like, um, this table or this table. There's four chairs on this table. There's two chairs on this table. Stop giving away which one to choose, Joy. <laughs> one, two, three, four. We need two more. Aaron, thank you. One more. Okay, Excellent. John and John on the on the, the mysterious table, yeah, and uh, and uh, thank you. So thank you to my volunteers. Um, so I'm going to first of all take off the tablecloth, and you can see what's on the tables. Da, 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 da. Okay, super exciting. If you can, if you can't see, by the way, there's um, some loaves of uh, stale bread on that table. <laughs> Um, we, we love Brumbies and how they provide the bread for us for the food run, but uh, the bread run, but yes, it's yesterday's bread. Oh. And this... Okay. So you chose right. 
So, uh, as I said, some, yes, some of yesterday's bread. It's very nice bread, I'm sure, but it's getting a little crusty by now. And uh, here we have scones with jam and cream. We have some homemade brownies by the looks of it, some cupcakes, some lint balls. Uh, there's even some Ben & Jerry's. This stuff is like $12.95 a pint. So um, this, is, this is the premium, the premium table. You like this, yes, yes. Now, I'm wondering, I'm just going to grab this mic, the yellow mic, Dean. Uh, those of you over on this table, how does this make you feel? I can't eat gluten. Oh, no. <laughs> Def- yes, there's even some gluten-free cupcakes over there, I think. Sorry, Sarah. I'm already full. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Aaron? How's it make you feel, Clayton? A bit ripped off. A bit ripped off. Yeah, a bit ripped off. A bit ripped off. What about you guys? No, I'm not going to ask you. <laughs> I want you to imagine for a second uh, that what, what we have at the front here is actually, uh, let, let's just say it's a bit bigger in size, and it's actually the main uh, gathering of followers to, of Jesus together. So this uh, up the front, let's just imagine this is the gathering of, of Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, and that this gathering up here, uh, just imagine it's, it's to remember and give thanks for what Jesus has done. That, he's, that he died on the cross for all of us to save all of us, no matter uh, how good or bad we think or, or, or are. Um, and it's to recognize, this, this gathering coming together is to recognize that he's done this for every single person. So what we, we all come together to celebrate and to be thankful, and the food and the drink is, is in this gathering is to be symbolic. It's about sharing together as equals, because no matter whether where we came from and what our background was and how good we were or not, Jesus has given every single person the same grace and mercy, and so we eat from the, 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 the same food. That's the purpose of this gathering. Um, and so this meal, just imagine, again, we're sort of setting the scene of what it was like in Corinth. This meal is meant to remind us no one deserves God's grace and his love any more or any less. Okay, so that's, that's what the gathering, this gathering here is meant to be. Now imagine, again, we're just sort of setting the picture of what it was, was going on in Corinth. Imagine that this table uh, is a, actually a separate room. So there's a wall here with a door. Right? It's a separate room, and there's about eight to ten people, not just two. But it's a pretty small room, a secluded kind of room. It's, it's well lit, it's air-conditioned, the food is just really amazing, and there's, there's someone, you know, I'm just going to put my, my nice jacket on, uh, there's someone waiting on the tables. Um, here you go, here you go, guys. Um, this is um, uh, a, a vintage from the days of Elijah, um, brewed by Elijah himself. <laughs> Right, um, don't, don't check that, John. It's, um, um, right, uh, I, I hope you enjoy your meal and then, the, and then I'm, I'm going to leave again. Um, and, and then over here, again, separate room, uh, wall dividing, and this is a more common area. Could, there's probably 40 or 50 people could fit in here, but it's trestle tables and it's a bit hot in summer and it's a bit cold in winter and really there's leftover food, only just enough for everyone to have a bit. Um, and so it's very, very different. Now, setting the scene even more, if that's really the case, how does this make you feel? Yeah, pretty ordinary, right? Um, and again, I'm not going to ask these guys. 
Now, this is something like, not exactly, but this is something like what was going on. So try not to think kind of communion like it is the practice for us, you know, one, once a month as part of the worship gathering. But think, think our whole celebration, our gathering of the Lord's people. Or maybe think your, your life group are coming together or brothers and sisters in Christ, but, but on a bit bigger scale. It, think about a time in the week where um, it's, it's designed for focusing on Jesus, what he's done. It's for time with each other. All are welcome. All are supposed to be equally valued. And yet there's a group who, because they can, uh, because they have money, because they're able to have this food, have made the whole experience great for themselves, uh, but not so great for others. That's the, that's the picture of what's going on. So thank you very much to my volunteers. If you would like to take something from this table on your way, on your way out, I think, I think the gluten-free cupcakes are in the freezer, um, actually, Sarah, so I'll get some of that for you later. Um, but you can have the pint of Ben & Jerry's. I think this is even dairy-free. Dairy so, um, oh, okay. You, I, I see you guys can have a scone now if you want. But <laughs> so, so this is the picture of what's, of what's happening. Now, as followers of Jesus, maybe you are able to afford nice food and, uh, and so on. And, and of course, it's good to be generous. Is it good to be generous with others who are not so fortunate at all times? Of course. Um, whether we uh, gather to eat, whether that be morning tea here at celebrations on Sunday or life groups or other gatherings event or events, should we bring whatever food we can and share at one common table? Of course. Um, that's, that's pretty clear. I, I hope we would never do this in our gatherings as Christians. But I, I don't think that we, therefore, really have this same issue as the Corinthians around food. Um, now, I know some of the, the SuperCal guys, if they are here this morning, uh, have their own snacks on a Sunday morning, and that's okay. We'll, 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 we're happy with that. But I wonder if the lesson in this is not actually really about food for us. Um, but other things that make up our worshipping life. See, food's part of our gathering to, for fellowship and for worship. Um, but this, this, this common table, the Lord's Supper, this was more for them than, than our communion um, for the Christians in Corinth. It, it was a meal that was really, it was really the worship gathering. It was the central gathering of their life in community and worship together. We have other things as well that we place quite central to the gathered people of God. We consistently gather to sing songs of worship and praise. We open the Bible and place quite a high value on the opening of the Word and the teaching of the Word, um, prayer and sharing, and, of course, morning tea. Um, these things together form our Sunday celebrations, other things in, for example, smaller settings like a life group, we call them. They, they, um, there's usually Bible, prayer, fellowship. These things are, are central. Um, today, I just want to leave us with one simple question. Having thought about this situation for the Corinthians, for us, this simple question, how can we ensure that whenever we gather together with God's people, with brothers and sisters in Christ, how can we ensure that there really is one table? And I don't just mean in terms of food, but no distinctions and divisions created by any element of what we do and say. 
that we don't create distinctions by our preferences or our, or our privileges or um, how we speak and how we act, um, that how we approach our gatherings is, is in a way that honours Jesus, because that's ultimately what this is about, that honours Jesus by ensuring that everyone who has received the grace of Jesus is, quote, welcome at the table. Uh, or, or if you like, has the same access to the gathering as everyone else does. Now in Corinth, in Corinth they allowed the food to create separations and in, in a sense the status, the, the riches, the, the, the wealth of the people. But what about for us? I think it can be things, and you'll come, things will come to mind for you differently to me, but what comes to mind for me personally is things like language. Um, we, while we all have the same access to Jesus, um, not all of us have the same education or the same knowledge of the Bible um, or the same, if you like, Christianese vocabulary because we may not have grown up in church or in a different church setting. Or, and so it's very easy to create kind of two rooms in a sense, two sections by the way that we speak. And I... I, I know this is very, very true of myself. Maybe there's more opportunity for me because I speak from the front, but I know that if I'm not careful, and sometimes I haven't been careful, I can speak in a way, talk in a way that assumes a certain understanding. Um, And so maybe some of you feel well-fed in the rich spiritual food you're receiving, but others feel like, well, actually, I'm just a bit second class because I don't really understand that vocab, that lingo. And we can do that on, I, I can do that from the front. We can do that in Bible studies in a life group setting where we talk in such a way that some people feel, oh, yes, this is really rich and meaty, and other people feel I'm lost. I feel like I'm a second-class citizen here. That can, for me, be my equivalent of, of feasting at a table with delicacies. Um, th- that's one thing. We can, we can create, if we're not careful, divides around age, uh, where in, in either direction, where it's the young people are more, the older people are more important, um, we can do it in our preference of, of worship style or gathering style, whether that be in a life group setting or a Sunday morning setting. We can, in particular, I think we can do it in who we choose to interact with. Uh, if we interact in a way that's clicky, it, it creates these separations. But on the positive, we can help others feel like there really is one table uh, at the gathering when we don't just gravitate towards our friends uh, or the people we're most comfortable with. And I know that's challenging for introverts. Um, I'm an introvert. I feel more comfortable not being the, like, oh, hi, I don't know you. How, how are you? And, you know, getting to know someone. But at the same time, if you are more introverted and less kind of outgoing, it probably means you're willing to go a little deeper and you're more comfortable actually not just a surface-level relationship. So you might, it might even be more of a blessing to somebody who at first feels like an outsider. How can we ensure, whether it's large setting, small setting, events, Sundays, life groups, whatever, that our gatherings honour Jesus by honouring the fact that everyone has the same access to the table? has the same access to the gathering, the people of God, together as we do. What Paul is not saying um, in in this passage is, 
you have to remove all the distinctions altogether all the time. Um, you notice in, towards the end of the passage, he says, um, look, if you need to eat at home first, those of you who can afford the, the scones and the, all of the nice wine and everything, if you need to do that first and then come, that's okay. Like you, you, you have that privilege. But when you come together as God's people, with different ages or different spiritual ages even and different biblical literacy or wealth or status. The key is this, remember the gospel. If you, if you have preferences, uh, luxuries that are, that are not sinful, of course, you can partake in them. But, when, but not when you're together with people who are different, who don't have these same luxuries or friends or, pre- or whatever. For those of us who have something that others don't, whatever that might be, we can make the time elsewhere. And I think this can apply to a whole heap of different things. Maybe it's like, you know what, I do want something a bit meatier in the Word, or I do want to do this kind of thing when we gather. And, and if it's beneficial to everyone else, fantastic. But if that's something that you personally, with a, a few others, need to press into, then what we can do is we can make space for that in other settings to go when we gather together as the people of God, no one is left out. And the reason for all of this is so important because what is at stake is the gospel. What this is about is the gospel. We gather in such a way that everyone has access to the same table, the same gathering, because we all have sinned. Because we all have fallen short of the glory of God. However, we all have received the same mercy. We all have received the same grace and the same love of Jesus. It's not as if some of us were already this far along and Jesus just brought us this far. We were all there and he brought us there. We, were all, we all fell short and he saved us all. And so if that is not extended to each other in practice when we gather we, by our actions, d- deny the truth of the gospel. Does that make sense? We, we deny that this, this reality that we all were undeserving but are now all made new and given the grace and mercy of Jesus. So when we treat each other, on the other hand, as equals, uh, equally deserving in every way, we are actually honouring and loving Jesus. Paul's basically making the point that you can't separate the vertical and the horizontal. The way we treat one another is, in in essence, the way we're treating Jesus. Finally, I think that this also extends to how we treat the outsider, quote-unquote outsider, how we treat one who is not part of the fellowship or not a believer, someone who hasn't yet received or, or, or accepted that grace of Jesus. Because if we extend it first, in our practice, in, in, in ways that are practical, we extend that same grace to this person and, and, and as we pray, they would accept it from Jesus himself. And so as we uh, continue in a time of worship this morning, I want, us to, uh, I want to encourage us to fix our eyes on Jesus. And as we do that, there's a few things that come with that. One is to ask God for forgiveness, where we've not done this before, um, where we have hurt 
and created divides with one another. I know I have plenty of ways I need to ask God's forgiveness for when I've done that. Another thing we may need to do is to uh, ask that God would give us the grace to forgive others. When others have created divides and shunned or, or, or pushed aside and not welcomed us as equals. Because we've, we've probably all of us, whether we know it or not, have been on both um, the receiving end of this creating divisions and the giving end. And so as we fix our eyes on Jesus, we come and say, forgive us, help us to forgive, as he taught us to pray. And then to say, Jesus, in everything we do, we simply want to honor you. So let's stand and uh, I'm going to pray and we'll sing. We're going to sing together. Jesus, we recognize that um, every single one of us in this room is, um, is no more deserving of your grace and your mercy than anybody else. Uh, no matter how good we were as children and young adults and all, all through our life, and no one of us is any more deserving. It's all because of your grace. And, and Lord, we know that we have not reflected that back to our brothers and sisters in Christ and sometimes those outside the body in a way that, is, um, that really honours you and what you have done for us. And so we ask for your forgiveness for that. We also ask that you would help us not to hold grudges and bitterness when we have been on the receiving end of the, that pushing aside or that, that uh, lack of graciousness, that we'd be able to forgive others. And as we come to you with our brokenness um, on, in all of that. We fix our eyes on you, Jesus. And we ask that whatever we're carrying in our bodies or our minds or our hearts, that is a result of our, our brokenness and our, um, our not having fully received and lived out the gospel message, uh, that we would release all of that to you and that you would begin to break chains in our life that stop that freedom in the gospel this morning. Even as we sing the name of Jesus and speak the name of Jesus, fix our hearts and our minds on Jesus, that you would heal and restore and forgive and minister to us by your Holy Spirit.